0: Hello, good people, and welcome to The Amateur Hour. My name is Justin. My name is Tyler. And we're back for another, another, another episode of the lovely podcast of <laughs> The Amateur Hour. It feels good to be great, but, uh, you know, before we start this episode, we have to thank our sponsors, Kelly's Colonels. So if you're local to the Indiana area, out in Indiana Cedar Lake, if are you guys, <laughs> go check out uh, check out Kelly's Kernels. They got some popcorn, sixty eight flavors to be exact, and some tasty treats, not just popcorn. So if you guys are looking to do that, be sure to check them out. And let's not forget, you know, if you're just sitting back and you're you're bored, you know, if anything, if you suck at video games and you want to watch somebody else play them better. You go over to the Twitch streamer, the, the Grim Reaper, uh, which is over on Twitch.tv, uh, to get all of your, your gaming needs and to feel like you're even cooler and that you're a good gamer, okay? Link is going to be uh, in the description for you guys and all of our other affiliates that work with us are also going to be out in the description down below. So if you guys, be sure to check that out. See what's uh, see what's going on down there. We got BMMB, we got Adam Stone, we got a whole bunch of people we work with, and it, it would be, mean a lot to us if you guys check them out as well and see the, all the works that they do. So give them a follow, give them a like, and again, thanks to our sponsors. If you want to check them out again, link in the description. So let's get to the the into the needy greedy, so to speak. Uh, we, have some, <laughs> we have some we have some sad. Yet, good news. It's about our uh, co-host Junior. We had a lovely run and a lovely start with one of our best friends uh, starting this podcast, but unfortunately, um, due to just, you know, scheduling issues and other things, uh, he uh, pulled out of his position of uh, co-host on The Amateur Hour officially. So uh, no no more Junior. It's going to be sad, (laughs) but it's okay. You know, we have uh, a lovely... Uh, a lovely new co-host. Um, her name is uh, Emily.
1: Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> 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 That's <was> so sick. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Uh, do an intro for for the people out there uh, uh, in terms of the amateur hour. Go.
1: For myself? Yeah.
0: For yourself. Introduce yourself uh, as the new co-host of uh, the amateur hour
1: hmm okay the most important thing about me Justin is my boyfriend and that is that okay what else um, I'm a student of public relations Arabic and Spanish in Michigan um, I sing I play guitar speak Spanish speak Arabic all that fun stuff and uh, I have two golden retrievers also a very important thing to know And uh, now here I am (laughs) Rambling on the amateur hour
0: (laughs) Tell them about about, she's actually uh, got a prolific business out there
1: I uh, run and own Ascendo Creative Co Which uh, basically I do wedding videography and photography As well as commercial work And uh, web design Yep, I've been doing that for about a year And I really really enjoy it Um, Predominantly work here in michigan but i also travel for work so if you need a wedding videographer commercial videographer etc cetera, etc cetera, hit me up ascendocreative.co my website
0: so check them out um and uh i got some other sad news she's not really a co-host <laughs> she's just here while i'm recording okay it's a little gag but either way uh, yeah go check out her little sendoko okay it's absolutely fantastic she's actually really good um, not just saying that because she's my girlfriend, but we welcome actually a new, a new, new official, just third co-host, uh, Austi, and I'm super happy to have him. Um, it's been an absolutely wonderful journey. I know he came in halfway through uh, our last season, so what a way to start the new season with an absolutely wonderful new co-host that has been just working tirelessly for uh for us and with us and it's been absolutely fantastic uh to have him aboard so thank you for being a part of uh the podcast
2: hey man it's enjoyable i have a lot of fun pretty cool um you know i didn't know tyler before i started doing this podcast but i knew justin pretty well so it's really nice you know it's a lot of fun and excited to see where we're gonna go
0: now I'm I'm happy we addressed it, and a th- big thanks to you, Junior for actually participating as well, and in sort of starting off the amateur hour with us, um, and uh, getting us set for a nice a season and a half, so to speak, that he was a part of it. So uh, he's going to be you know missed in the podcast very much. But again, uh, we're excited for new creative and you know endeavors, and we got some fun plans for you guys. Uh, in the future in terms of the amateur hour itself and things that we're working towards so you guys are going to be really happy and excited for where we're going to go but now time to get into uh, the real real topics (sighs) the switch we all love and know the switch we've been talking about it kind of a lot recently i guess right because we're talking about the the steam deck and how it was going to sort of combat the Switch and and the field of mobile gaming. But, you know, we got some other things to to discuss about the Switch. Um, actually, Austin, I'm going to let you lead this one. So uh, tell, us, uh, tell us some news.
2: Oh, um, as many of you know or maybe don't know, so the Switch has uh, basically these, like, little online apps that are for, like, a lot of their older consoles, so like right now they have the original Nintendo system and they have the Super Nintendo. Well, they just basically announced that they're coming out with another one for the original Game Boy that we all grew up playing you know, with po- the original Pokemon games were on it and all that stuff. Um, and it's like, you know, it's super exciting. I mean I, as a kid, I didn't I was too young. I was born in 96 so, um I was too young to play the original Game Boy, so I'm waiting for that Game Boy Advance to come out, and then I'll start freaking out like a little school schoolgirl. But uh, yeah, it's it's really exciting. I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of older people, you know, like Tyler's age, are probably really excited about it. But uh, <laughs> uh, for me, it's like there's a few games here and there, but uh, it really just depends on what all they put out on the this uh, the, the uh, internal system, I guess you'd call it, because they like with the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo they just like each month or you know every couple months they'll just randomly put a few more games on it so it'll be interesting to see what they start with um uh what do you think about it Justin
0: I'm really excited I mean there's a lot of games that I want to play and so is this so and just like a little bit more questions this is like an emulator right like for the Switch like online I believe
2: yeah yeah it's like a like a basically you know, all, for all these, I'm sure if people are viewing, they probably used emulators on their computers before to play some of these games. But it's like basically that is put into an app on the Nintendo Switch. And you can go in there. And the only bad thing about it is they get to decide what games we get to play. So I have no idea. Hopefully they put like like Pokemon on there. Mm-hmm. Those are the only games I really remember from the original Game Boy And the Toy Story game that I played was the only game I could play on it because I didn't understand how things worked.
0: Oh, my gosh. So let me tell you, I'm a huge Game Boy. uh, Well, I I came in around the Game Boy Advance era was actually when I got my first Game Game Boy and, like, my first handheld, you know, anything. So um, I'm a huge fan of Game Boy Advance, and I've been playing for, for years, and I still have it, actually. Um, with all my games, so I'm I'm really excited that they're that they're doing this, and I get to sort of explore those games now in a more comfortable console. And to be honest, what's going to be fantastic about this is that you can literally link your your Switch to your TV, right? Like you can connect it via the HDMI and the dock, so to speak, for for the Switch. So that's going to be really cool because now I could enjoy it in big screen. Um, some of the games that I'm really excited for and I hope that they bring um, are the Metroid games. Like they're just so, I, I personally find them very prolific in terms of the importance of them. Like, you know, when you think of Nintendo games, you think of like Mario. And for me, I I always think of uh, Metroid. It's one of my favorites because I'm very much a sci-fi geek. So And I'm excited for the new Metroid actually coming out in October. So I I got my fingers crossed that that's going to be good. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to be able to play those games and sort of like relive my childhood. I just hope that they don't screw it up in terms of like, you know, how long are we going to have to wait for these games to be put on, you know, Switch Online. And I hope that they make the correct decisions of which games to put. Is there any games in particular, Ostie, that you... Uh, would be willing like that you're excited for or want to try from the game boy era well
2: i mean i just the problem is is i started kind of like you i started with the game boy advance and so my sisters my older sisters they had game boys and i played like a little bit but you know they weren't big into it and back then gaming wasn't really as big of a thing and they you know especially like back then it was seen as a guys thing so it was just it you know it was just a different time and so um the only games i really played is i played like pokemon red pokemon blue uh and then we got pokemon silver i played those which i would be i'm, I'm excited to play those if they have them on there but they've also come out all you know, recently on like other platforms but like, there was you know the old uh I think there was some Mortal Kombat game on there. Uh, that was, I played a little bit of. You no, know, there, it's like, that was kind of like the beginning of when Nintendo started, like, basically creating all these, or ha- people started creating all these, like, Disney games, you know? Like, toy, there was a Toy Story game on there, you know? On the, uh, Super Nintendo, there was, like, The Lion King, which was, like, kind of running around the same time. Um, other than like the pokemon games i would try out the metroid games i've never been a big metroid guy uh i don't know if maybe there was uh there's really anything else i could think of what i'm really excited for and what i really want to see is for them to put a nintendo 64 on the switch because if they do that oh, it opens up so many opportunities there's so many games on that system that i played
0: yeah, I wanted to reminisce a little bit on the Game Boy Advance. Was there, what color was yours?
2: I didn't personally have one, but my sisters had, and they had, they just had the old gray ones. In okay. fact, my one sister lost the little back, back thing on it, so it was like gray, and then you flipped it over, and it was just duct taped keep the batteries from just falling out all oh the time.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had a uh, Game Boy Advance SP, and I had, like, the silver one. But, like, Ooh. I, it was cool because my cousins, like, unfortunately, like, they, I mean, they would not really take care too much of their Game Boy Advance, but they used to have, like, these cool ones. They would come up with a new color, like, I swear, every week. It would be a red one, or it would be, a blue, like, a dark blue one, which is, I actually almost bought one um, maybe, like, a couple months ago and I was like I want a blue one I'm like I'm tired of this shady silver I want a nice deep blue and Mm -hmm. uh, I seen it and it was like a hundred something bucks and I was like I want to buy it I want to buy it and I almost impulse bought it (laughs)
2: Um, that's that's the Game Boy Advance I owned was the Cobalt it was Cobalt Blue I owned I owned actually I ended up owning three of them because the first one kind of so I had a friend and me and him would like play. Cause he had the, he had the big old like suitcase, metal suitcase thing. And he had all the like cords and stuff. So we could like play Pokemon or we could play, oh, uh, so cool games together. And one day, uh, I went over and he had a blue one as well. But the only reason I, we could tell the difference was the back. It's like a sticker on the back. And his was like, been met. Something and mine was like still perfectly attacked, and so somehow they got switched, so I ended up with the crappy one. Um, but and then this, this is this kind of interesting story. We went camping one time, and you know, me being like a little kid at that age, like, yeah, I loved camping, but then at night when I was ready to go to bed, I would always play my Game Boy before I'd go to bed. Well, how on that trip, a bug inside of my game boy and like, i didn't know this we come back home i'm playing like the next night and there's a bug running across the internal screen
0: no like way. all over
2: it yes <laughs> and so you're as a kid your immediate thought is oh i gotta smush it so i smushed the screen right Well, oh I'll, later i'll send you a picture i still have that game boy um, <laughs> a dead it ended bug up it? So there's a dead bug on the screen <laughs> and it covers up part of the screen
3: no Yeah. So, oh my god
2: yeah so that kind of sucked but then I don't know probably seven months ago eight months ago I was in at this uh, where my parents live there's like this uh, little store it's like a not like a GameStop, you know just like owned by somebody there's a bunch of retro stuff and they had a cobalt blue game boy that was in really good shape and i was like screw it i'm buying it i need it
0: Oh! So i bought it so now i have a clean screen again but gosh dang it <laughs> yeah i don't know what but, it is yeah. but that that blue game boy just looks so sick there's a black one so too slick and the the black one looked really cool i mean the red one looked cool they even had like a greenish one like there was a lot of like cool different variations but i like i like you i think uh the blue one just looked absolutely just something about it It just captures your eye dude
2: i uh after whenever all that stuff or when Before I bought the new one I have, I was like, man, I need to get this one fixed. I asked if they could fix it. And he was like, it's more expensive to fix it than just buy a new one. Yeah. So I was like, I'll do it myself. Screw it. So I looked online and they've got some really cool, like on eBay or Amazon and stuff. They've got like really cool shells, custom shells that people have made for the Game Boy. That's so cool. So it's like you could take off, you know, like your silver shell you could put on one that's like, looks like space or it's like see-through see so or, um, there was one,
0: there was one that was like, uh, Charizard was on it. Like a super cool. So awesome, man. All of the differences, you know, when you were reminiscing and you're talking about how you and your friend would play a uh, Game Boy Advance together, I think for the listeners at home, for those of you who are unaware, the Game Boy didn't have internet at that time. So um, you had to literally connect one cable. There was this particular cable port where you can connect one cable to one Game Boy Advance, and then you connect the other cable to the other Game Boy Advance, so you were, like, tethered <laughs> to the, the cables, and that's how you were able to play, like, cooperatively. Um, I ended up getting one of those cables, but, like, way too late, so I was never able to play with anyone uh, on oh, Game Boy Advance.
2: The bad thing about it was, like, obviously, of course, like the cord was kind of short, and sometimes, like, like after using it a few times, the connectors, you know, like you would, you'd have to wiggle them, you know, kind of like a a phone charger, you know, the the port would get loose or whatever. But one of the really sucky things was, um, when when you would like, we had another friend that we'd play with because this guy had a four so you could play four people and play whatever you wanted like uh Mario Kart or whatever on it and one of the kids got mad and like yanked he destroyed the port in his Game Boy so he couldn't play with this anymore <laughs> it was kind of funny because he was
0: getting upset <laughs>
3: Yeah,
0: he was I think he got blue shelled
2: I remember <laughs> I right. got blue shelled at the end and Did so you uh
0: ever play the uh Street Fighter games on on Game Boy
2: um, no, no, but uh, one of my friends my did have it and I watched him play it.
0: Yeah, those were some of my favorites, and then um, someone had stole it and sold it to GameStop the next day. So I went into GameStop and I was like, that's my game because like I remember the exact uh, like little peel that it had a little bit on the uh on the sticker stating what game it was. And I was so sad, bro. (laughs) And ever since then, I never got it again. And Uh, I'm like, till this day, it was one of the most fun, like, like fighting games that I had ever played.
2: (laughs) Dude, I had an experience like that. I'm not sure if somebody stole it or if I lost it, but there was this, there was this game. It was the first when I got my game boy advanced. Christmas for my grandparents, and they got me. I got two games that came with it, and then uh, they ended up getting me two more games. I think it was either the next Christmas or the same Christmas. I can't remember. But the two games that came with it was like F twenty five Fighter, something like that. So I it, I was just flying fighter jets, which that game was not my style. Then the other one was like a Dragon Ball Z Tizen or whatever. Oh
0: yeah, the Dragon Ball That Z game was
2: kind of fun. But nothing too crazy. But then the next year, or whenever it was, got me two more games. And one of the games was Fire Emblem, uh, the sacred stones. And that was the game that made me a gamer. And oh, I loved that game so much. Played it so many times played it so much. In fact, that I actually somehow messed up the cartridge. And so like, after it would just randomly like wipe the cartridge. I'd have to restart and which for me like you know as a kid like I don't know guess it wasn't that frustrating because I love the game so much like nowadays I'd hate it but I would just be like okay gotta start over again I have to beat it three times again but um, whenever I stopped playing the Game Boy as much I sat that game on my shelf I kind of like I could see it because it was like my first game that I just like fell in love with then it just randomly disappeared one day. I don't know if it fell off and then got sucked up by a vacuum or something, but never saw it again. Had to buy a new one.
0: What about you, Tyler? Do you have any. Did you ever have a Game Boy Advance?
3: I never had the Advance. I had the good old green Game Boy Color. Ooh. And I remember some of the Pokemon games on it. Uh, my mom actually still has it. She just plays Tetris on it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, but I think after that, it was Nintendo 64 was my first legit console. And then PS1 is probably the one that turned me into more of an avid gamer. Where the Nintendo 64, I remember playing it a lot. But where I really remember gaming is PS1 and PS2. So I think those were like the real ones when I was like, I can't stop gaming since I got those consoles. But I, I've always said the Nintendo 64 is my first console. Maybe the Game Boy is, but that's more of a mobile handheld than a console. So yeah, you I always say that. that Nintendo 64 is the first console, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I remember playing it. I, don't think I had a heck of a lot of time into it, though. Yeah,
0: my first but... console was a PlayStation One as well, and it was mm-hmm. like our, my only console till like I was nine, ten years old. <laughs> oh, you you didn't know video games until you discovered the PS Two? Yeah, that's when that. Tyler would uh, spend the night, and he'd bring over his <laughs> PS Two. And Dude, like, those 007 <laughs> games!
3: Oh my god! After 007, we would ride bike, we would just literally. <laughs> yeah,
0: we would just run. We would like ride bike, whatever. Do our outside stuff, and then we're like, "All right, let's play the PS2." We'll just sit, or we'll play. Uh, what was that? The Burnout game? It was called, I think. The racing one. Good. Yeah. yeah, that was a lot of fun as well. Uh, we very much. Uh, trust me, I love reminiscing, but um. <laughs> Let, I, we do have another topic of discussion that I actually really wanted to talk about today. And it might go a little bit over break, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, I did want to discuss the... Um, well, actually, Ostie brought this kind of article to her attention. And so we're very interested to discuss it.
2: All right. So uh, while we were recording the last podcast, I got a notification from uh, Apple News talking about this man who... He, he created, or like a website created, it's kind of 50 50 type of thing. He, it created an AI for his dead wife. That he can talk to message and do, you know, all kinds of stuff. And like, it has the same personality as her, all of this other stuff. And he just had to like this, uh, this. Website information and stuff, and then they've created this AI version of his uh, wife that died. I think she was like 23 when she died, and like 10 years, and it, he just recently created this AI for her. It's it like got her. December right. That yeah. Just... So it's got like her personality. It responds like her. This is from him. It responds like her. He's like, it's like he's talking to her. 20 years or 10 years ago, whenever she was really alive. So, I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of freaky. Yeah,
0: it's it's called uh, Project December, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, first off, it's unfortunate for him uh, having, you know, his wife pass away. And, I mean, I can only imagine losing a loved one like that. Um, must be tough. So, you know, my condolences to, to him. Um, I'm trying to get his... his uh his full name is Joshua Barbeau or something like that. If I butchered his name Barbaro, yeah. Um if I butchered his name again, I do apologize. But I mean he first off, definitely a very intellectual individual to put this together. But having an uh this I mean now we're kind of stepping into new territory. I mean, from last episode, right, we we're discussing the idea of how we had uh, these bots that uh, text us like just randomly like, Hey, I met you last week. Are we going to meet up again? Which Tyler literally two days ago, I got a text like that randomly. <laughs> and then like all the, the, the letters had asterisks on them and stuff. I'm like, how am I going to believe mm-hmm. that? <laughs> yep. But you know, we we're discussing like how this AI essentially, or uh, how we were just getting random texts of spam bots. And though this might be, very comforting for the individuals who who've lost people. Um, I feel like it can be both good and bad. I think I'm going to talk about the psychological aspect first, before we get into the tech itself. So in, I think creating something like this is good, but can be very harmful to the individual that has lost a loved one. Uh, And I, I think it's harmful because you're sort of playing this narrative that you know your loved one is still there and i know you yearn for those conversations and it must be empty and it, you know i i definitely have had a lot of loss in in my life and i this is why i know i can speak about this is that you have to you know be able to let yourself cope and grieve and i feel like if you hold on to something like this like it's going to have a lot of psychological impact on you to where you're just going to end up giving yourself a, a mental illness from all the stress as opposed to, you know, working in the ways of, of grief and allowing yourself to cope properly. It's going to, like, just set you back, like, so far. Um, so do I think is it good for mental health-wise? And do I think that people should be engaging in 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 speaking with their loved one, though it's an AI? No, I, I don't think it's it's... It's only a you know, a band-aid on a much larger wound. It's not gonna clear up that scar. You gotta let your yourself heal. But continuing on to more of the technological aspect of it, I think it it's makes for some scary things, right? Like now we just opened up the gate. The difference to like From just random stupid spam bots to now literally an AI conversation. And now this can, in the wrong hands, and for people to take something and like twist it, this can make a predator's life like so easy, right? Because they don't have to... Uh, overthink certain things, or this even can make the life of uh, people who are looking to, you know, steal uh, from other individuals and con people of like, you know, hey, maybe they could say, hey, it's this and this family member, you know, times are rough. And like the AI can spawn a perfect conversation where these individuals are like, oh, okay, well, they need help. I'm going to give them money. Maybe it's like it's saying it's their husband, but instead it's like a, an AI that is kind of programmed to con you in that way. So that's scary. Then you also have the scariness of now, right? Like we were discussing online dating and having an AI be able to speak to you and you thinking that it's a real person. And if this AI is like so detailed and so well done that it can have a full conversation with you. I think that just, again, it's just some scary implications that can come out of this.
2: Well, the thing I thought about was, like so, imagine, imagine this scenario. So, you have some a loved one who disappeared at some point. You know, they tried looking for that person, never found them, never found a body, anything like that. And then somebody comes into your life that's not the best type of person. They find out information about said person, and then they put it into this. They create an AI of it, and then they have this AI start messaging you. All of a sudden, this person you thought that had disappeared, had probably died or something, is now messaging you. It sounds like them. Your response is like them. And they're like, hey, this is what's happened to me. I need your help. Can you give me, you know, $1,000 so I can make it back home? Blah, 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 blah. Like, there's so many things that could happen with this. Like, the thing that freaks me out the most uh, is is that this this can be used to just absolutely almost ruin people, in a sense. Like, it could completely destroy somebody's mental state and just sets a precedent for, okay, what's next? Like, are they going to make it to where, like, now they can, they're going to start doing AI for, like, public figures and getting them in, like, making these AI say bad things and then blaming it on these people, you know? Like, where does it go from here?
0: It just has some, uh, again, insane implications of things that people can take it and twist. Like, I, I, you know, I'm happy for this individual that he was smart enough to be able to develop something like this. But at the same token, I kind of wish it wasn't developed because it could just be used for so much uh, harm. And it, you know, like almost even like the deepfake technology, which maybe we can talk about some other time. And I don't want to get too into it, but. It it's really cool, but it also can be very detrimental uh, to our society, to people, to individuals. Um, and I love tech just as much as the next person, but I do not like that sort of innovation where it's mimicking individuals. Now, if it was just a smart AI itself, like a like a Siri, right, or Alexa, like where it's its own personality, that's cool. But now, you're if you're talking about like an AI that is uh, mimicking other individuals, that's where I have an issue, right? Like, it's like, no, we don't, we, we don't need that sort of tech on the streets. We don't need that tech. Um, yeah. At all. Like, it's just, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, it's just not good for people's mental status or like you were saying, Austin, you know, in terms of like, yeah, what if they had a loved one that was missing like a daughter or son or something. And it was by some sort of, you know, perverted individual, who, uh, you know, was very sick in the mind or something like that and harmed them in some sort of way and was able to be smart enough to use a program, you know, this AI application and to for it to respond like their daughter, like in text. And they go on this wild goose chase and, you know, it's just an actually an AI and their loved one is you know, passed away. So when I think of that stuff, like, yeah, I, I, I think... At least, uh, me and you are definitely on the same page in that. But, Tyler, what's your sort of uh, take on this uh, story?
3: I mean, I kind of agree that it shouldn't be used to like mimic a person. Um It's that, so when you look at AIs, there's AI everywhere. You call your phone company. There's an AI that talks to you to try to get your response to get you to the right department you know you you use Siri or Alexa and I bet we're gonna trigger some devices because I just said that so sorry um but <laughs> you those use AI but if you haven't noticed especially uh, Siri it's really specific and it will avoid answering certain questions. It'll avoid anything that involves any type of personal feelings. Um, I mean, it, if you're being rude or not nice, but it won't fuel it won't fuel you by responding in any type of certain way. Whereas systems like this are kind of the opposite. This this one is using machine learning to specifically do that. And if you, I don't know where it is in the article, um, but the latest version, here it is, GPT-3, the latest version, it can't do simple math, and sometimes it has a hard time spelling, but it has access to the internet, books, a whole bunch of information, so it can answer questions basically as fast as it can search and then there's another one where the version before it said that it'll lose coherence like a wandering dog so meaning if you're talking to it and as it's learning about your conversation and it starts wandering off it could go positive or negative you know be in whatever responses or whatever type of conversation you're trying to have with it, there's nothing that is set within these types of AIs that is like Siri or Alexa where it knows, no, I can't respond to that question because this person may or may not actually be affected by it. So like when I tell Siri to piss off, she well, that wasn't very nice and that's the extent of it. If you tell this one to piss off, It's probably going to argue with you and it's going to get a little bit more real where let's say you're a person with Down syndrome or maybe it's someone that's autistic. If it says it's a real person and they believe it's a real person, now that person gets a real response. And now the actual person that just doesn't understand what AI is, thinks it's real, they actually get affected or if you had some kind of damaging thing happen in your life, like you guys were talking about earlier, stuff like this just, it gets into your head quicker because you want to accept it because you're in denial or something like that. So there's no limitations where it needs to be. Although I, I feel like AI control like this could be extremely useful you know, maybe interrogation or simply video game development stuff like that, where instead of writing an entire script, you could have an AI help you write a script if you if you set some parameters. Um, it I think it'd be really useful in things like that, but to be like somewhere in this article, I read that the guy paid five dollars to open an account. I'm sure there's some kind of disclosure, or you know, read this before you enter or whatever. But even with that, I don't feel like it should just be publicly available because yeah. it's too damaging. I read like
2: uh, they they hadn't like the company that like kind of does this. They kind of have kept it pretty hush-hush because they, even them, they know, like, this could be a bad thing if it gets in the wrong hands, and this article is kind of the first time it's really come out that this is... I mean, we all knew this kind of stuff was going on, but this is, like, the first time we've gotten, like, ooh, like, okay, this is, like, it's actually progressing, and they're now making people that, AI that sound like real people. And... Yeah.
3: I mean, they're like, making robots now that interact with you like um, there was there's there's the one guy working on a robot companion and they also have different abilities where it can be like a sex robot or, you know, or this friendly robot that you've seen when you get home. You, you can set any kind of parameters you want and the robot plays that role. But it has machine learning that learns your personality and learns how to interact with you. But it's when you don't know how to set the parameters, that's when it gets dangerous. Yeah. And and this specific AI has no parameters. It just yeah. expands.
2: Imagine if somebody takes this AI and puts it in, like Elon Musk is working on robots right now. Imagine he gets that done and somebody puts this AI in it. You don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen with this the thing is is i mean maybe maybe an ai would be smart i mean of course they're super smart but would it would it understand morals would it understand what's right and wrong you know like what if it gets mad like you no, know, it's ai you know when you get mad you punch something Well what if it doesn't realize you can't like punch the person in front of you for saying you look fat you know
0: yeah and if it's like, uh, mimicking an individual's character and Let's say it's somebody that's really aggressive or something like that, you know,
3: that's where the parameters have to be set because just like you're explaining, if you put this in a robot that can roam around and then someone, you know, there's always people out there that want to test things. So I want to see, is this robot capable of getting pissed off? Well, it might be if it has this type of AI with no parameters or if they program the robot like Siri or Alexa and it's like you try to make it angry and it's just like, well, no, that's not nice. I can't respond to that. <laughs>
2: yeah. so, well, and what if somebody puts in the... the uh, They make this robot, they put in this AI and put in the personality of a former serial killer. You know, like, you not only do you have a serial killer's mind in a robot, but you've also got something that, like, it can learn super fast. So, you could create something serial killer robot, <laughs> as wild as it sounds, that would yeah. be so smart it couldn't be caught.
0: Yeah. So,
3: so, I see it on YouTube once in a while. There's robots that they're trying to use for military use, and it can pick up a gun and shoot a target and walk around, and you can stand in front of it and it won't shoot you. Those are the examples of the parameters and everything that control what it can and can't do. If you mm-hmm. gave something that intelligent an AI like this and didn't set the parameters, just imagine that outcome. Like you smack the robot in the face and it just blows your head off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's very <Okay>. grim. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's very true. But that's, know. that's like, or, or just the fact that, you know, it, it could go the other way too. Let, let's say uh, uh, excusing all the negative, say you're trying to be overly happy or you don't understand and you and you really like a certain person, well, if a person's mentally unstable and a robot figure, whether it's online like this or whatever, comes into its life and now you're interacting with it, it, it gets to be too much for that person. And then when you go out into the real world, not you don't get the same interaction with people. And then is that person going to think like, oh, well, I guess I can't interact with people. I just interact with robots. Now that person is like really mentally damaged and confused.
2: We're just not ready for that type, type of technology before we can even mess with AI that's that smart. We first need to solve mental health.
0: Um, I think with that said, I mean, we're just going to have an AI of junior now as, uh, (laughs) we're bringing our fourth co-host back.
3: (laughs) Well, I guess we're going to have to pay the $5, but, uh, we are
0: close to break time and I hate to cut it because it's very interesting stuff. I mean, but there's definitely a lot more AI tech, um, and robot uh, tech that I think would be interesting for us to revisit, especially on the podcast. Um, but yes, we do need to take break because uh, you guys have to hear our wonderful sponsor ads yet again. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy, uh, this word from our sponsors enjoy high-octane gaming with the Grim Reaper live on Twitch watch the Reaper as he plays through a plethora of game titles such as Call of Duty Warzone, Call of Duty Zombies, Valorant, Minecraft, and more join him as he competes against high competition in COD Warzone tournaments for large cash prizes you can catch The Grim Reaper streaming Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 6 to 11 p.m. CDT. Just search twitch.tv forward slash Reaper. link in the bio. Looking for a fun new way to eat popcorn? Then I have the place for you. Kelly's Kernels has 68 flavors to choose from. Try out their delicious birthday cake flavor, or their cheesy cheddar flavor. If you wanna go classic, the Chicago style flavor is for you. Either way, you have a wide variety of flavors to choose from, but that's not all. They offer other treats such as shaved ice, cotton candy, and mini melts. Be sure to enjoy the dine-in experience and bring the whole family. So come on down to Kelly's Kernels, where it's always poppin'. Located at 13226 Lincoln Plaza Way, Cedar Lake, Indiana. Link in the bio. And we're back from that word from our sponsors. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, Be sure to give them a look uh, in the description down below. But more on that later. Uh, We have things to discuss, okay? More things, more stuff. Uh, You know, Home Depot stuff.
3: More, more more things and stuffs.
0: More things, more stuff, tech related. <laughs> uh I think there's there's been something happening with the PS five or something like
3: that. I don't know. You guys gotta tell me what is going on. Let's discuss. It's junk. It's complete crap. The PS five is ruined. It's all terrible. Well then it's we already terrible. know that. Well <laughs> <laughs> then PlayStation fans
0: are like fuming.
3: they are it's actually like a whole big old lie um the fans are fuming though there is i can't remember youtuber's name um uh
2: his name is austin something
3: yes austin he imported one of the new models from a guy in china took it all apart exposed the temperature differences um took it apart, let you see the heat sink and the small differences in the cooling fan and then just outright said this is bad, it's performing worse and didn't do any real testing. And then everyone was like, oh my god you're a terrible person, you suck. Destroyed the guy more more than they probably should have. (laughs) But um, then there's another person which is Oh, what's his name? That one's actually important. It's, uh... Hardware Buster or something like that? I don't know. This guy, he's another YouTuber. He actually did a more scientific test and actually put probes and everything and explained the differences and all that stuff. So, long story short, the PS5 was... Um, kind of rebuilt in a way. It still looks the same. It, it actually very, very little has changed. Um, they made it cheaper and easier to produce for Sony, but they didn't make it a cheaper and a worse product for people buying it. So, all you PlayStation fans, before you just stop watching the amateur hour out of rage and, and hatred because people like that suck anyway. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can just stop if you suck. But, <laughs> um, They actually made it perform better and they made it cost less to manufacture. It would have been nice to see them make it cost a little bit less to buy, but PlayStations have been producing at a loss and the company has just recently seen profit in producing the PS5. So that's something they had to do for the company. But what they did is they did make the heat sink inside smaller and has less surface area and then they made the fan it's it's a different design fan so it has more static pressure so for simpler terms there's more air pressure inside the PS5 so and as your pressure goes up your temperature goes down and then the new heat sink it's smaller but it's easier to push air through and it has less dead space that heat just kind of sits there and stays so the reason the temperature of the exhaust out of the system is hotter is because it's actually more efficiently cooling the system, pushing more heat out of the system. So there's actually about a 10-degree difference in processor temperature versus the old one and the new one, and it's 10 degrees cooler, which makes the performance of the PlayStation better. So I mean, that's the big difference.
0: Does the design... See, my thing is, like, does the design of the PlayStation still um probably same. get in the way of airflow. You know, I know it's the same design but like doesn't that cuz when you look it's like the vents go from right like the top to I mean kind of like all the way through the body of it but they just look so thin and PlayStation 5 just looks so compact. You know, so, so do you think that's still going to be an issue?
3: It's not an issue because the the vents are small but they're all the way around it. So there's about, I would say, probably a 90 millimeter uh, blower fan, blower style fan in there. It might be a little bigger. I don't know the exact dimension of it. But then you also got to take into account all the holes that are basically from the very back top corner all the way along the front, all the way to the bottom front corner. So it's perforated all the way through. And then I, I want to say the fan actually intakes air from both sides. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I thought it did. Um, and then it has plenty of airflow, especially now with a higher static pressure fan and a less restrictive heat sink. It actually has more airflow going through. So they improved the cooling quite a bit. I wouldn't say it's as good as the Xbox because the Xbox has... A full exhaust pretty much on the top of it, but at the same time, the Xbox has depending on how you have it oriented with the base on the bottom and everything it actually has less room to intake so it's all dependent on how much pressure the fans can build, but the PlayStation 5's cooling system was good on the first model and now that they improved it, it's like I said, about a 10 degree difference.
2: I think the main reason people are upset is because Sony didn't come out and explain this to people. They just like did it and didn't say anything about it and other people had to bring it to light. And I think that's it just goes to show, I mean, I love Xbox. I always have, but like I mean, it just goes to show the difference between Microsoft and Sony is that Microsoft, if they change stuff on Xbox, they're always letting people know. Like, whenever they changed from the design to like the slim, they explained everything and how it was different.
3: Yeah, Microsoft is always like, this is what we changed. This is why, like, very open, very transparent PlayStation. They're just like, well, we changed it. You can buy the new one if you want it. Well, and Sony's just also in general, I think
2: it's kind of come out since the PlayStation 5. They're kind of shady on a lot of things. And so they do stuff and they don't say why. And like, with this, they they didn't explain why. They just let some YouTubers find out. And then, because these YouTubers may not do the all of the tests that you would need to figure out whether something's good or not, this guy probably thought he was doing a good test, and then Turns out he's not, so it looks like PlayStation sucks now. And this other guy does a test, and it makes the PlayStation look like it's running better. And it's like, people who aren't techie, like, I wouldn't know. I'd be like, if I saw this Austin guy say, oh, this thing sucks, I'd be like, well, I guess it sucks now. And then I see this other guy saying, oh, it's awesome. It's better than it was before. It's like, who do you listen to? I think, too, in terms of...
3: Well, the Austin guy... He basically just said, there's more heat coming out of it, so it must be overheating. That's not true. You're taking more heat away from the processor, the part that actually needs to be cooled. And I actually have some performance number from the um, hardware buster guy. I think that's his name. I might have the name wrong. But this is just going to show. Now, the highest temperature recorded is 51.1 degrees Celsius. Which, if anyone has a gaming computer or, you know, where they can see the temperatures, anything under 65 at a full load is good. So, that old version of the console is running at 51 degrees. The new version is running at 40 degrees. And then it goes into the memory and everything like that. So, here's the big difference. The old heatsink covered the memory, covered the VRM. Did all of that kind of stuff. Well, the memory in the VRM didn't need cooling. So before it was at, the memory temperature was at 40.88. Now it's at 48. Memory modules can run at 100 degrees before they throttle. Typically you want to keep them around 60 or less. And right here they're at 48. And then same thing with the VRM. The VRM is the power delivery to the processor and before and after there's a two degree difference and it's only at 46 degrees a vrm is another part that can run really hot before it becomes a problem the cooler it runs the more efficient it runs the less power you use and obviously the longer it lasts but without active cooling on the vrm it's still only at 46 degrees at a full load so So They were able to reduce how much they used on the cooler and still keep about the same temperatures. But the big one, the processor, they took 10 degrees off, which is going to, for one, improve the quality of the unit because the longer you run something hot, the less lifespan it has. And the colder you can keep it, the PlayStation versus the Xbox, the PlayStation actually allows itself to boost frequencies up higher when it needs to, where the Xbox is just locked at a certain frequency. So being that the PlayStation can run 10 degrees cooler, it can actually perform better when it needs to because it can have higher boost clocks now.
0: And in terms of like PlayStation being shady, I mean they definitely it it does put them kind of in a little bit of a bad light
3: because in terms of um the well, now they're relying so, on people like us explaining this. Yeah, it, if, it, if, if they were just like Xbox and explained it themselves, you wouldn't have to worry about yeah, it. But now there's what, people listening to Austin or there's people listening to Hardware Busters, and it's just like, does it suck or does it not? Because yeah, right now, yeah. it's at a 50 50. And because uh, somebody like, can
0: look at that
2: Hardware Buster and be like, oh, he's just a PlayStation fanboy, he's just trying to make PlayStation look good, you know? It's like so many different layers to it.
0: Yeah, you know, and, well, and you know when they were another thing that kind of like made PlayStation already look shady was like when Fortnite was suing Apple. What had came out was that uh, in terms of like crossplay and stuff like that, PlayStation's the only one that requires a payment uh, to enable cross Crossplay. So, but if as soon as let's say Fortnite, the developers decide, okay, we're not gonna pay. Uh, you know playstation anymore like then they're like nope we don't want to give it to to the the game you know the community and that's kind of stupid i think that's a horrible way to sort of you know market yourself out of
3: yeah i, I feel like any crossplay should be free for multiple reasons um i i can see why playstation wants you to pay for it because they're using that money for development I mean, that's typically why people make you pay for certain services so they can develop them further. But the more people you get on crossplay, which means, let's say everyone wants to play Call of Duty. I mean, I know Call of Duty is already cross play, but let's like, oh, I got a computer. Well, I got a Mac. I got a phone. I got an Xbox. Well, they still all go get the game because they can all play it. That's a lot more money that that game's making. Whereas other games are like, oh, it's not crossplay. Well, fucking, I'm not gonna get it. I mean, all my friends have different systems. I can't even play with them. It's pointless. So they well, really need to push crossplay.
2: Yeah, I think the th- issue with Sony for that in that aspect is Sony is much smaller company compared to Microsoft, so they can kind of take the hit. I don't know what Sony's budget looks like. I don't know what their profits look like and such. Because like, yeah, they can send out like you know quarterly uh, information but it can be very misleading so yeah. like I don't know how they're they doing a big
3: you know, thing to consider that's too yeah that that's a big thing to consider too because Sony they have their own servers but they got to pay more to run them whereas Microsoft between X- computer and Xbox I mean they they have way way more infrastructure way bigger servers way more powerful i mean they're one of the they're in terms of company size microsoft is way bigger than sony
2: well and i'm pretty sure sony pays microsoft for ser- the servers like, I'm i am pretty sure doubt microsoft, it microsoft is the one that creates and runs the playstation servers so it's like i mean <clears throat> maybe honestly that could be something that don't know if they have like a certain length deal or something. Maybe that's something that comes up next time it's uh, done and it's like look, you either either make crossplay like just a normal thing and don't make these companies pay more or find
3: somebody else to set you up some servers, you know? And Sony has always been the company that they have to do it their way. They don't like listening to other people. They don't like Working, I mean, I can't say they don't like working with other people, but they definitely would rather do it themselves. But if they opened up and said, you know, let's make let's make exclusive titles cross-platform, the money revenue and everything would be like skyrocketed.
0: That kind of like reminds me of the subject, and we talked about this in season two so far, you guys. Uh, Go over to... I I believe the episode was actually called Microsoft's Upswing. Um, And it was actually about Microsoft making the big purchase of the company ZeniMax, of which owns Bethesda Studios, that makes uh, video games. And one of the biggest and most prolific games that they own is the franchise Skyrim. So, there has been recent news, actually, where there's a new Skyrim being developed. But the next Skyrim that is being developed will be exclusively on Xbox One. So, uh, I remember we were debating Not more or less. PC? Uh, well, on P- well, actually, Xbox's PC, yeah. So, um, there was that sort of discussion of, you know we were like, okay, well, what is Microsoft going to do? And I kind of felt the smartest thing was like, okay, leave the, you know, the game title open because you're going to have that ability to uh, just make more income, right? Just go after the money. But I guess now they're trying to make it exclusive to, I guess, bring more things obviously towards, in terms of, uh, towards Xbox in terms of like, okay, maybe let me purchase an Xbox or run the app on
3: you have to have Xbox your exclusives too. because that's kind of like one of the tactics to say, we have this game, you know, come to our, um, come to our platform, you know, yet. So you have to have that because that's part of the competition. But, um, I feel like if you are going to make people pay for cost platform, then what if that payment includes, you know, another license license? to play a certain game on another console, you know, like I feel like there could be a lot of things that are done differently to allow more people more access. But yeah, I, I mean, you can't not have exclusives because like Sony was Spider-Man and, you know, your exclusives like Xbox has, um, Forza and Sony has what's theirs? Uh, Gran Turismo. Yeah. Like that's just saying we have our racing game; they have their racing game. Yeah. No, so that just attracts people to a certain platform. It's just you know, why why would you buy an iPhone over an Android kind of argument? But, because you can do this on this and this on this.
2: I was just gonna say. I think at the end of the day, I think what's the reason for the exclusives is. I think Microsoft got bit in the butt last generation because they kind of relied on just like with the 360, they relied on third party to want to exclusively release on xbox and and the next you know playstation started buying up studios like crazy so microsoft didn't have really any exclusives so now they're like oh you want to get into this fight okay i'm fine with it we have way more capital i'm just gonna start buying up these studios big studios i mean there's been rumors that Uh, 2K Games is uh, potentially up for sale. We've been talking about it for a few years now. Imagine Grand Theft Auto only being on Xbox. That's all I'm going to say.
3: And that's the thing. If you want to argue with a company like Microsoft, um, they're probably... um, They're the company that's just going to be like, oh, you want to compete with us? Okay, let me buy you.
0: Yeah, and you know, with that said, in terms of exclusives... Uh, I'm going to ask everyone else to exclusively only listen to the amateur hour podcast. Uh, We're going to have to end it there just because we are uh, possibly over time actually today. Uh, But with that said, I mean, there's some fairly interesting stuff and I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Thank you for always listening uh, and coming back to the episode, you know, every new episode that we have. Again, we're available on four platforms. So wherever you're listening to. Uh, you know, we're on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe, hit that notification bell, uh, and give the video a like. And please leave a comment down below. Xbox or PlayStation It's a worldwide question of what makes it most... Uh, what what do you, what side are you on? What do you choose?
3: Um, and, you know... And, and all you PlayStation guys out there, calm down, because it actually is a good upgrade. Yeah. So, you know... <laughs>
0: Put the take a chill pill, so to speak, or the the red pill now that the new Matrix is coming out. Um, so make sure and make sure you guys follow our uh, sponsors. Be sure to check out uh, the Grim Reaper over on Twitch dot TV. Um, he streams about four times out of the week. Uh, six to eleven PM CDT. So if are you guys, please check him out again. All of his links are in the description down below. As well as if you're local to the Indiana Cedar Lake area, if are you, I'd go down over to Kelly's Kernels. Uh, again, there's 68 flavors of popcorn, including other tasty, lovely treats. So if you guys are there, please go down, give us some, give us some support. Tell, tell them we we sent you. Um, and with that said as always we love you
3: (laughs) bye